Hello and welcome to Tech Talks with Madonna Season 2, Episode 14. Our guest today is Kamalis. Kamalis is a bold and strategic thinker in digital and business transformation. She combines over 22 years of deep cross-industry experience with the latest digital and technology solutions. Kamalis is listed in the top 10 global influencers and thought leaders in digital transformation and top 50 in Tech Influencer 2021. She often says, technology is not a silver bullet solution, a clear value proposition should drive any transformation effort. This approach resonates well with many businesses' leaders and has helped her stand out in the digital space. Since establishing Lurian Partners Consulting in, 2020, in 2012, Kamales has advised many multinational companies across various industries in Europe, Asia, Africa for over a decade. She's a superwoman. Kamala Shladi, do you mind introducing yourself? Definitely. First of all, thank you for having me, Madonna. It's a pleasure to join you here today. Um, so I am a digital business transformation expert and thought leader, um, as well as a uh, in-depth expert and uh, passionate uh, follower of all things emerging tech. And I've been in this space for over 23 years now, um, worked with companies across the globe and really been in the space of um, understanding technology, understanding technology capabilities and bringing those capabilities into the organizational environment. And um, digital business transformation, you know, it's such a broad space. It really isn't just about technology. It's about organization wide change and looking at uh, transforming companies to survive and thrive in the digital economy. I am also a keynote speaker. I've spoken at over 250 events across the globe, a teaching fellow and lecturer across different universities. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a startup mentor for many years as well. So I love the space of tech and I'm a technology optimist and a business enthusiast. Wow. So I'm just going to repeat this again and just say, I think you're a superwoman. <laughs> that is amazing. Now, before we get to the questions, I wanted to ask you, I ask all of my guests this, what inspired you to join tech or to get started in tech? So this is actually uh, interesting because I joined the tech space. I started my education somewhere in the mid 90s. And back then there were you know, far less women than there are today. And I was, of course, in Southeast Asia, uh, in Malaysia, where you know, tech was still not, uh, there was not enough diversity in tech back then. Mm -hmm. And I was actually discouraged from taking you know, the, the university degree in, in the space of tech or computing and information systems. Mm -hmm. So coding development, uh, you know, back then coding was not what it is today. It was hardcore. <laughs> it was very, very non-user friendly. Yeah. And <laughs> people around me were saying this isn't really suitable for women you should go into more of a women-friendly kind of course like marketing and so on I found the space incredibly inspiring I have to admit I didn't know much about uh, tech and, and coding before that uh, but when I started the course um, I realized that I had a particular talent for it I loved computational thinking being able to break problems down into kind of minute pieces and resolve them, uh, compiling codes, you know, when you're able to compile something and it works, you know, that, that thrill and that rush. Um, and so I found this space, the structured thinking, the analytics around it so inspiring and the pace of development in tech. I think that's something that's never been boring. 
And it's just gotten better over the years, the rapid development and the potential application for tech. And so that's what, you know, kind of kept me in the space and mm -hmm. kept me going in the space as well. And I'm still learning every day. Mm -hmm. I'm still being inspired by new tech developments. We have breakthrough tech coming out almost every day. And this is exciting. Well, I love the fact that you said still learning because that's the term everybody says because that's how it feels in tech. You are mm -hmm. always learning because today you might have some knowledge on something and then the next day it's completely changed. So you have to learn again. You have to learn it again. So that's amazing. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. Now, I have another question that I wanted to ask you, and this is going to be based on your career because I you have an amazing career. I just looked you up. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to mention to my listeners, I looked her up. Please, if you've not, please go check Kamali's out. So I wanted to ask you one thing, and that is, um, what are the four trends shaping the current global business landscape? Um, so over the years, I've noticed that there are things that have kind of impacted or shifted the business landscape. And obviously, technology development is one of it. Uh, that's the rapid pace at which uh, tech development has embodied itself into almost every part of our lives, into almost every part of, of business. It's hard to escape uh, tech application in the business environment today. Um, other elements include, and this is also kind of triggered by uh, the, the pace of technology development, are things like consumer behavior. And we saw a very stark example of this during COVID, where people very quickly adopted uh, to the change of you know, the lack of physical uh, touch points or engagements where they adopted acquisition channels that were digital, online interaction channels, and we saw this explosion of digital um, touch points during COVID environment. And these types of user behavior changes, right? If you think about probably 20 years ago, where um, a lot of what we did as users were a lot more physical. And today, almost everything that we do has some kind of digital touch point, or we demand for those types of digital touch points. These consumer behaviors are driving changes in the business landscape as well. And there's been an explosion of digitally savvy, digital native companies. So the competitive landscape for businesses has also shifted. You have companies that are starting up and on day one gaining access to a global marketplace because they are online and they have access to online consumers and online uh, acquisition channels. And so all of these elements are creating a digital ecosystem that is shifting the business landscape. And something very um, important as well that's happened during the COVID, we saw this explosion of low touch environments mm -hmm. where you have um, growth and you have kind of um, competitive environments that are coming out of uh, a lack of physical space, right? So yeah. there's no need, if you think about the traditional business space, Mm -hmm. You needed to have a physical office or a physical branch or a physical um, location where you needed to demonstrate yourself as a business and engage with customers. You don't need that today. You can be a fully 100% online business and still become very competitive, grow and create competition in the market for traditional companies. And so all of these elements are shifting the global business landscape. Wow. That is very well said. And I wanted to follow up that with a particular book that I'm reading. I don't know if you've read this book, The Startup of You by Reid Hoffman and Ben Kansonka. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. The I have of heard of Reid Hoffman, but I haven't read this one. Yes. 
it's called the startup of you and what you mentioned really resonated a lot because they speak a lot about this particular insights on how right now you can actually build your entire business online and it becomes so successful and it's making this world become like a gig economy too. And the follow-up question that I wanted to ask you is that how the gig economy and the platform technology are reshaping our world of work? The gig economy is, um, I find amazing because it's shifted the global business landscape on a number of different fronts. So if we think about, um, and I do, do talk quite a bit about this in my book, The Human Side of Digital Business Transformation, uh, where we dive into you know, shifts of generations, right? So if you think about just the workforce in the landscape, um, we have so many more options today with the gig economy. Traditionally, so my generation was the Gen X, and our generation was really the last generation of people that grew up without technology, right? Every generation, the millennials and the Gen Zs that came afterwards, uh, including the alphas that are coming up now, okay. they're all growing up with technology as part of their daily lives. Right? They did not know a world before tech. Yeah. Um, and so this is really exciting because this generation of people are not the ones. So my generation had to go into a specific education. We had to get a job. We had to go into kind of a, a stable work and income environment. And this is what we knew because that's how you earn financially and you kind of generate your, your lifestyle. Whereas this new digital generation of people have now gig economy. They do not have to go into the traditional work environment. They can create a business of their own. Um, my daughter started her first business somewhere around 10 years old. Um, and so, you know, to start ge generating real income with online channels, so like YouTube and uh, Twitter and TikTok and so on. And so it's really interesting to see this new generation of people really transform the business landscape. I recently read that um, even nurses in the healthcare profession, I think it's in the US, that have started going into freelance work. So they're yes. pushing into the gig economy as well. Mm -hmm. And there are platforms that enable them to book shifts online. So instead of taking a paid job where they would actually earn less, they're going into these freelance nursing environments and taking shifts, for example, late night shifts, where they would earn three to four times more their basic salary. And this has created something that's very exciting, which is financial independence and options for people. That's going to be incredibly challenging for traditional companies to yeah. keep customers and to keep uh, employees within these traditional business environments when you have such a range of options with the digital environment today. So yeah. this is one of the exciting facets that I find yeah. has shifted. Wow. Wow, you're an expert in this. <laughs> that is so well said. And actually, thank you for plugging in your book because I wanted to mention it too. The human side of the digital business transformation. Do you mind us just giving us a sneak peek of what you speak about so that people can go look it up? Because I found it interesting too, before I bring up my next question. Definitely. So um, I wrote the book, The Human Side of Digital Business Transformation, uh, because over the last two decades, as I started working, as I continued working with companies across the globe, it didn't matter which industry they were in, what kind of business it was, or what you know culture they were in, what region they were in. There was always this element of, um, there's one element that made or, break, or broke the way companies utilize technology. And this is something I noticed since the 90s. And there are stories and snippets that I talk about in the book that describe, you know, uh, one of my early projects in the late 90s and even projects that I work on now where you find 
Um, the key elements that can really make or break digital transformation and application of tech is people. And that includes the people within your organization and it includes people external to your organization like your customers and so on. And this is really the one element that most often gets uh, ignored or you know, uh, underestimated, which I find really surprising even till today. There's so much focus on the digital side of digital transformation and so little focus on the transformation side of things, which is really taking people on this journey, creating people who are using your technologies, who are applying them in the right way, and also advocating for these technology solutions. And this is what's really missing with a lot of transformation projects, which is also why we see you know, over 70, 80% of transformation projects fail or falling short of what they intended to achieve. And so this triggered me to write the book because I didn't want to just present a framework that I've used uh, quite successfully, but I wanted to tell the story of why this journey was important, this journey of two decades that I've been with of different organizations, and how this culminated in realizing that you need to have the right skills, the right kind of people, and the right ecosystem in the business environment in order to survive and thrive in the digital economy. Wow, that is very true. And in fact, I wanted to ask you another question. Being in the industry for so long, you're now seeing how AI is actually taking up space. And ChatGPT is out of the roof. Everybody now is utilizing it. And there's a lot of fear that many jobs are going to be taken away which to me, the way I approach this or think about this is that instead of us viewing as the jobs being taken away, we can think of what opportunities are there that we can adjust with. Now, I wanted to ask you a question because I know you've been talking about this particular topic and also I've seen some articles that you've written for Forbes on the same. And that is, what are the key takeaways for human side of AI and blockchain? But specifically, I would like for you to touch on more on what AI means for businesses, like people who are in the gig economy and they need to utilize the UI, sorry, the AI, what do you think? Um, I find the whole space incredibly fascinating, um, not only in terms of the rate of development of AI. And I mean, you, you and I know, right, AI isn't a new topic. It's been around since the, the 50s. Really. That's true. Um, and it's just in recent, like the past 15, 10, 15 years, when it's really accelerated and found footing in the business environment, simply because the key elements needed to accelerate AI development is now available and uh, accessible to the masses, right? So, internet connectivity, global connectivity, unlimited storage capacity, unparalleled processing power, and also user acceptance and the um, easy intuitive user interfaces, all of these elements converging to allow AI development to accelerate. And this is why we saw this jump in, in development with AI and the capabilities that are coming out of it. Um, I am a technology optimist, as I said earlier. So I, I prefer not, and you see this in my articles as well, yeah. I don't uh, prefer fear mongering, although I do yeah. believe the cap capabilities of AI is gonna shift how we work and what we do. Yeah, uh, And we saw this across all of the uh, industrial revolutions, right? Right mm -hmm. back from the time people were working in farms and factories became uh, more popular, mass yeah. production, and you had to shift people away from kind of working in, in farms and agriculture into the factory environment. And then you had the revolution where people were shifting in, into knowledge workers into the office environment. 
every single time there was a shift in technology advancement, there was a shift in skill sets required, and there was a shift in the type of skills and capabilities people provided in those environments. So sure. I think this shift will happen again. And people need to prepare themselves by educating themselves on tech. And so today, I think tech knowledge isn't a nice to have anymore. It doesn't matter what industry or what kind of job you're in. There is going to be technology that's impacting the way you work. And so learning about it should be a necessity. And tech knowledge is not uh, difficult to attain today. Knowledge is democratized, information is available, and it's available in a non-tech um, capacity as well. So you don't need to be a Python coder in order to learn to use ChatGPT, for example, um, or BabyGPT or whatever it is. There are, there are interfaces that allow you to utilize these tools so effectively and user guides that are so easy to understand. And that accessibility is what I find fascinating. Yeah. Um, with blockchain, I think there's going to be a certain time frame till we actually have mass um, application. But I also do believe that blockchain is going to be extremely transformative for the business environment. And so I'm looking forward to that time when we see blockchain become as well adopted and as advanced as we're seeing uh, AI hit the market. Wow. I think I've learned so much as a just newly founder of like a startup. This is so much great information. And I like the way you mentioned it, that we can just utilize it. And we should also make it a necessity now because it makes sense. I think everybody now, you might be doing UI, UX, you'll definitely use technology in a way. You don't have to code to be able to use technology. I really love that. And I also love the fact that you mentioned something similar that I did, which is recently I've been looking into, let's say, creating... Um, like some rules for the company, right? I no longer reach out to like a professional. I just Googled on the on ChatGPT and it gave me, <laughs> I, I know it gave me pretty good rules. And I was like, wow, okay, this is amazing. I even told it, write a policy. It wrote a very clear policy. And I was like, okay, I love this. So you're right. I think it's just us being open. Thank you, Kamalis, for sharing with us. I also love the fact that you shared about the industrial revolution, which makes a lot of sense. I learned that in history, long time before in the manufacturing, people were doing manual work, but now it's more automated. But people changed from that and shifted to now maintaining the, the, the automation system. So it's just us human beings adjusting, I feel like. And yeah, we removed the fear mongering. I think to add one more point to that, though, Madonna, you know, it, it's... The technology that's available to us allows us to accelerate what we do mm -hmm. um, and to do it quicker, more efficient, cheaper, better. Um, but on the other hand, in the digital environment, it's extremely noisy, overcrowded and overwhelming. And the way companies can stand out is really with the human element. That's where you win. And that's where you're going to survive and thrive in the digital economy when companies get that human touch point correct. And, um, you know, the emotional triggers, the human touch points, the moments that matter across the customer journey, that's the winning element. And I think, you know, um, a startup today has so many tools accessible to them uh, from creating a brand, from creating a business idea to creating a, a logo to creating, you know, imaging for their website. Create your website in 30 seconds. There's a platform that does that. 
um, and you know, lead generation, sales across the board, content generation, SEO, their platforms, AI-based platforms that do all of this. And you can create literally an entire business structure within a couple of hours. What's interesting though is I think companies can accelerate all of these um, activities, but if you really want to create a connection with your customer and a sustainable connection, then you need to figure out what's your value proposition? What are you doing for that customer in the market? And how can you engage with them in a way that they remember you outside of the thousands of other companies that are being set up within ours? Yeah. Right. That's the key. That is the key. I love that. Yeah. It's about customer relations. That is very true because I don't want to be speaking to a boat all the time. <laughs> yes. Although the bots today have a lot more uh, empathy and understanding than traditional customer support sometimes. <laughs> very funny, but also very true. Interesting. <laughs> thank, thank you for, for telling us that. Okay, I have two more last questions that I wanted to ask you. And this is just in regard to, to your work and also your book. And I wanted to ask you, so... What are the strategy and uncertainty, for instance, here, how can one accelerate digital transformation in uncertain times? Um, so what is definitely important today to remember, and we're seeing so many uncertainties in the market today with, uh, you know, the economic conditions, uh, with recession, with uh, layoffs that are happening across the tech industry. And I do believe that the one thing I would advise companies to do is look beyond the short term. Um, there is always a certain amount of fear in what's what might happen, you know, in the next couple of months, in the next one year. Um, but try thinking, and this is a, a fine art and a science to it, right? Strategic planning, particularly with digital transformation, you've got to look at the longer term picture and the road where you want to end up. What's your kind of end goal as an organization? But Trends and technology are so rapidly changing, the market is so dynamic that you've got to then be very dynamic with your strategic planning as well. The yearly planning structures don't work anymore. And so my advice for um, leadership in companies is really think about your digital transformation. It's not a separate process. It is part of your organization business planning, right? Because it's so fully embedded. Tech is embedded in your company. Think about the long-term picture where you want to end up but keep your strategic planning very flexible and dynamic. So uh, every couple of months, re-looking at your strategy, re-looking at your direction, re-looking at trends that are impacting your business. And I do lay out in the book uh, a framework that companies can apply, which is flexible enough uh, that you can apply it in terms of any industry or any company size, and flexible enough that you can apply it on an ongoing basis. So it doesn't kind of fix you into one process. Uh, but it does start you off by taking a snapshot of where you are today. Like any journey, you need to know where you are and you need to know where you want to go. Yeah. And create a roadmap around that. So the book really does guide you through creating that roadmap. Mm -hmm. And it also guides you through how do you create uh, the touch points with people and create ecosystems around you mm -hmm. to make sure that you are continuously moving forward towards this digital economy. Um, and the second piece of advice I would really give um, is for leadership teams to really start thinking in a abundance way or with an abundance mindset. And for me, abundance mindset really means, I do describe this as well in the book, it really means thinking beyond your physical limitations. 
um, if you think about the current industry boundaries or the or traditional industry boundaries, right? In the old days, when you created an old days, I mean, probably 10, 15 years ago, if you started a company or you, you were a company thriving in a certain industry, you typically would compete within your industry. You would have competitors who are about the same size as you. You would be, um, if you needed to expand into a new um, region, you would need to create a presence in that region. These industry boundaries, these business boundaries are no longer valid today. Competition could come from any other industry. Tech companies are now entering pharma, they're entering banking, you know, they, they are kind of crossing industry boundaries without any concern for competition. Yeah. Um, they are offering customers what customers are asking for, rather than thinking about what they offer as a, a business or what their core business is. They create business where they need to. And they're doing it in a digital fashion, which means quick response, instant gratification, engaging closely with their customer base, providing services that are digital based. So you have to think in an abundant way where there are no more physical boundaries. You're now in an exponential world. Technology can create that exponential change and scale and growth. And so start thinking about how you can start utilizing these technologies as well. Wow. I really love the fact that you mentioned the tech layoffs and many of my listeners to work in tech. And I wanted to ask you, well, so mostly, what do you think is the future of tech talent? Because I feel like right now, there's so many people that are very talented that are out there. And there's going to be, like, I don't even know the, the right word to use, but it's not to fear monger too, but many people are applying for the same jobs. So being in the industry for long, how do you think somebody can stand out? Or what advice can you give people that are now job seeking in this particular tech environment? I am probably not going to give you the answer that you're looking for, Madonna, because I'm going to say... <laughs> uh, like that. I, I'm, I'm not someone who likes to compete with the crowd. Yeah. Um, right? So if, if you are in a space where... Um, you have to compete against 10 other candidates to get a role in a tech position or a tech company, that's probably not the right place to be. And I do think a lot of people who have been laid off, um, you know, perhaps not, you know, they're re-looking really at their environment and situation with tech skills today. You can create your own revenue sources online. Uh, you can offer your coding skills. There. And this is something that's happening where you, you see people um, taking on two or three different types of jobs, uh, working remotely allows you to do this where you're actually working full-time for different companies, coding and you know creating uh, tech solutions, developers and so on. Being able to take these multiple roles and there's actually a Discord group with about 39,000 people on there that are doing this, right? Overlapping their jobs. Um, so I think there's lots of opportunity if you have tech skills, and you are keeping abreast with changes in tech, there's always going to be demand for you in the market. I think the losers in this environment are going to be the tech companies that are laying good people off and laying people off without considering diversity that is needed in the tech space. Yeah. And you see this happening where the layoffs are happening without considering, you know, we've seen some companies laying off the entire DNI team. Um, and, you know, the, the whole kind of, uh, without even like the entire ethics, AI ethics team, without consideration for the diversity of thought that's required, that's yeah. essential in the tech space mm -hmm. for innovation, for ethics, for 
um, you know, avoiding groupthink for ensuring that there is sufficient um, awareness for bias in the industry. And so this is going to be a challenge for the tech companies, I think. Um, for people in the, the kind of industry space, there's so much going on with the gig economy. So I think creating your own revenue uh, revenue source is very possible today. And once you have an independent revenue source, you can uh, become flexible enough that you have choices. You don't have to rush into the next position and you can pick and choose what's out there. So that would be maybe not the best advice, but that would be what I would do. <laughs> I love that. And I love the fact that Oh, thank you so much for being a guest because I love that perspective too because when I asked somebody a similar question, they gave me a totally complete different answer. So I really am grateful that you answered it very differently and to how you you felt that might be helpful. And I loved it myself because I love that mindset. Many people might listen to it and say, yes, maybe I can do that. Maybe I'm afraid. But others will be like, yes, that's what I needed to hear. <laughs> and now I can go get started. <laughs> Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, what I'm going to say is that thank you so much. It's been amazing speaking to you today. I know we can go on because we have amazing questions that we can ask you, but I just wanted to plug in your book again. I think I'm going to get it too. The Human Side of Digital Business Transformation. Definitely, let, let us know where we can get it. Can we get it on Barnes & Noble? Amazon? Uh, Barnes & Noble, um, you have it on Amazon. You have it on pretty much most of the U.S. Um, online channels. And I think it's even in like um, Walmart and, and uh, all these different places. So wherever you find books, they're available. So Wiley has done a really good job of putting the book out there. Um, I'm available on kamleshladi.com. And you can uh, get links to buy my book on there. And I'm very active on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Amazing. I'm going to, con I think I sent you a connection on LinkedIn. I'm going to confirm that, but definitely I'm going to stick on it. I just ordered my book. Thank so you nice. so much again. And it's an honor.